Welcome to Scars to Stars, where conversations and personal stories let us know we are not alone. In this show, you will meet authors and speakers from our books and events as they share vulnerable personal stories to spread hope and inspire you through adversities in your own life. The world is a difficult place. You will find like-minded people here with kind hearts and supportive souls. I am your host, Dina Brown Mitchell. I am a suicide survivor and the founder of the Realize Foundation. I am so glad you are here. Let's dig into this meaningful conversation. Hello, everybody. It's Dina Mitchell at the Realize Foundation, and I'm here today with another author. And I want to introduce Brad to you all, and we're going to hear a little bit from him about his chapter and his experience. And I just want to say our second Stars to Stars book, Volume 2, is coming out September 22nd. We're going to have a virtual launch event that day, and you can register at therealizefoundation.org um, at the bottom of this video under the events tab, and you can everybody can register for free. You can also make a donation when you register to help us keep putting on events. So welcome, Brad. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to come on tonight. Yeah, I'm so excited that you've been part of this this chapter or this book, and I think your chapter is gonna gonna resonate and help a lot of people. So, well, I, I hope so. Uh, it definitely is my goal, especially with the topic that that was chosen. This is the second book that has gone out in regards to having a chapter on it. And there's a third one coming out in Australia. So okay. it's it's one of those that, you know, you see different things from different different perspectives over time. And I think time is one of those things that end up helping you to be able to prepare for sitting down with other people that have had similar instances they don't know what to say, how to approach it, how they deal with prevention, let alone postvention. It's, it, it is a very difficult thing, uh, whether it's family, whether it's friends, colleagues especially. Employers have a very difficult time, I think, in navigating such a life events, especially, you know, work teammates, especially if they've been working very, very closely with somebody and they have a loss, you know, as a result of suicide. They don't always necessarily know how to a really how to approach somebody in that space. The best thing that I can always say is, you know, don't exclude them. Don't change how you've been in the past. They may, you know, they may be a little bit more emotional. They may just need some space. My recommendation is always just to make sure that you let them know a couple of different things. One, uh, things to say. Things to say is, you know, I'm so sorry for your loss. What can I do to help you today? Checking in with them. Just, you know, just knowing that, you know, if they've gone out for bereavement, you know, if you've been used to calling them and contacting them during times when they have been in that, you know, been going out and doing things, don't stop doing that. I know for me, it it was one of those things that, Nobody did that. Nobody stopped, stopped showing up. I did see certain things in, in certain circles because I didn't process things well. And especially in the place that I didn't, that I expected it the least, I found it the most. Um, 
and that's a place that that's at, at a house of worship uh, that I was that I was attending. I, I think that that's that's still something within a lot of house of worship. So wherever you go to, if they have a difficult time in dealing with that, especially from the perspective of, you know, from a biblical standpoint or from any other standpoint, and how that they view that as being detrimental to to somebody and how that they process that. You know, I, I found that that was something that was really difficult for me to understand looking back at it in hindsight. And some of the comments that you get, some well-intentioned, others not, but I did see that people pulled away. And, you know, that that was a challenge, especially when I was, you know, it was really, there's a point when you're really struggling with who you are, what you are, you wall yourself off. And at least I did. I can't speak for everybody. But it, it's just one of those things where I was just have maybe having some of those people that I thought I was really close with just to be able to say, hey, listen, I know you're struggling. Come on, let's just go out. I'll grab a cup of coffee with you. You know, tell me where you're at. What are things going on? That's when you really truly understand who, who is what, you know, what Brene Brown talks about is your true marble jar friends. Those people that have demonstrated their you know, their abilities and their comp- your confidence in them and vice versa, where you share your everything with them, you're able to be vulnerable, not really have to worry about the soft underbelly being attacked. There's no judgment, there's no fear, there's no shame, there's no guilt, there's none of that. Whereas I didn't necessarily find that to be be true. You know, there's things that I would say that those are, those are things to, to be wary of. Using terms like, well, that was really selfish, you know, didn't you see it coming? Uh, all these other type of things that people really don't realize and how detrimental some of those things can be and so, so hurtful it can be. I know for me, I, I didn't have a lot of that. I had a couple of things that, that were brought up. Uh, one was somebody that had accused me of my uses of excuse and not attending uh, my house of worship that I went to. When you know, for me, there was just days and, you know, I I just felt so overwhelmed with everything, the shame, the guilt, you know, especially for someone like me who had been in the military for 15 years. Uh, I didn't know what I was processing. It wasn't until, you know, November of 2020 that uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD and my therapist said it was a direct result of the accumulation of trauma over two previous attempted suicides until the final time when my daughter did take her life in you know, on May 28th of 2018. So everybody deals with things a little bit differently. It's just whether or not you're you're able to put together some level of empathy with somebody and say, you know what, I don't had never experienced exactly what you've dealt with, but I've had such a detrimental loss in my life that I can sit with you and I can say, or not say, it's like going, hey, I'm here for you today. How can I show up for you? Do you need me just to sit here with you? You, what do you want to do? Do you want to talk to you? Why don't you go have a cup of coffee and you tell me what you need for today? And sometimes I just needed somebody just to get me out of where I was at that particular day, maybe throw a fishing pole in my hand, which is one of my favorite things to go ahead and do. And that's when I would just feel really uh, at ease enough to where I say, you know, I would be ready to go ahead and talk and just to be able just to be be ready. But I, did, I never had that occur. So those are just you know, those are just steps. Now, as far as for in an employer-employee in, in environment, here's what I would recommend. 
if you've had a high performing uh, employee, for example, uh, if they're w- whatever level of that, if they're on the leadership team, if they're a middle manager, or if they're, it doesn't matter who that they are, they've been a vital part of your organization. It could be just somebody that's just in the hourly ranks that, you know, you know, stuffing boxes. They're a human being. It's the ability to go back in and talk to them and say, you know, I just want to let you know I'm here for you today. It may just be one of those things where you just thought, I'm so sorry for your for your loss, you know, and sometimes it's just buying them a cup of coffee and just letting them know that you're available to them at any time. And just, you know, you can come into my office and just sit down for a few minutes if you need just to kind of gather yourself. It's a safe place for you to go. Or even to be able to talk to employees about, you know, different times of the year, you know, for susceptible people. Next month is going to be suicide, National Suicide Prevention Month, which is a big thing for me. I look at those opportunities to be able to talk to different employers on how do you talk to your employees? How do you prepare them? Do you, do you talk about mental health? How do you talk to them about mental health? Have you had anybody that has had a loss? If you have it, how do you talk about different stages? We do really good on a number of different other events and different months. But yet, mental health and suicide prevention get very, very little play. You know, we we look at those opportunities and and they're missed opportunities for for people to be able to come together and to be able to learn. You look at the things that are ended up happening within a very dynamic stratum. Uh, the suicide rate within the United States is climbing. It's gone up by thirty percent since two thousand and eighteen. If I take, I took a look at, I'm a staff guy, you know, I'm in, I've been in quality for, you know, over 10 years in manufacturing. So you take a look at trends over time. So when you go through this and you start looking at it, I just hit people at dollars and cents. And at the end of 2018, 2020 timeframe, it costs roughly $1.79 billion as a result of suicides in the United States. Now you take a look at that and how many people that that will, that goes towards that's about $1.24 million per person that has taken their life. So it not only costs the family, but it also costs it in a lot of other different ways. Now, I can't boil somebody's life down to dollars and cents, but there's going to be employers out there and say, okay, tell me how this fiscally impacts me. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's say that you are the CEO of a company and you are the linchpin for your entire organization. And let's say that you employ somewhere in the neighborhood of 250 people, 250 families that are depending upon you to make your make good decisions and be there. What happens if you're afflicted with a mental health issue that results in you taking your life? Not only are you affecting your family's life, but you're also affecting your business life, especially if you're the one that's a linchpin. So when we talk about dollars and cents on how that affects people, if they want to go ahead and go in dollars and cents, I'm ready to go toe-to-toe with people. But the fact of the matter is it's the emotional issues that really mm-hmm. that people have a difficult time in really navigating. There's that component, especially for, for parents of, of kids that have taken their life. And by the way, the age groups are very are, keep getting younger and younger. We can probably relate that back to cyberbullying and those type of things, which are things that I never had to deal with as, you know, as a teenager. There was just a normal type of stuff. And let's face it, some of the things that I went through as a teenager were pretty bad in by itself. 
I can't even imagine what that looks like today because there's constant amount of bullying at school, online, and you know, there's that those complications that they have to deal with that. The you take a look at the age group, so now you're seeing kids as young as 10 years old taking their life. For me, as this goes, what what's going on here? The United States and the Congress itself is failing. I see that on a universal level. Uh, I can give you a great example. Uh, this is not bashing the Navy. I served for 15 years in that as a chief, but I had read an article where uh, the Master Chief Petty Officer of the Navy had you know was talking to a group of young sailors aboard ship. And one of the things that they were talking about was how a lot of the retrofits that were going on and the upgrades was really causing them an awful lot of stress and anxiety because everybody knows if you can't get a good amount of sleep and some of the other things that goes along with that, being deployed, has some of the other things that have to go on with that, it becomes extremely challenging. And when you have somebody that's saying, hey, listen, I have a I have a mental health issue that's that's being exacerbated by this. Mm -hmm. And we miss that opportunity to say, what's going on? We have a potential for where we start seeing a higher degree of incident rates of suicide. Right now, uh, there is somewhere between the suicide rate within the military is going up. Uh, I think a lot of people have heard that the 22 a day in regards to veterans. It's somewhere between 22 to 28. So- and it just varies. It depends upon, you know, the time of year, how that ends up going towards. But when we miss that opportunity to have some of those hard conversations, they're uncomfortable. We don't want to have them. But at the same time, if we don't take the time to sit down and say, okay, take a breath and just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to lean into my discomfort and let's say, tell me more. What's going on? What are you feeling? What are the things that are challenging you right now? We need to take that step to really listen. Then we start also at the same time is listening for things that are not being said. If we've had somebody that has been really engaging over a long period of time and all of a sudden they go quiet, what's going on? You want to be able to reach out to them and so they feel comfortable in, in being able to share and not feeling that their vulnerability is going to be a liability. If we don't take that opportunity to sit down with them, we could potentially have another statistic. Same thing with our kids. There were things that I totally didn't see within regards to my daughter. I started seeing behaviors over a long period of time, but there was never any diagnosis because of the way that the mental health industry is at. There's just not a lot of safeguards that are out there. I don't know what can be done. I just know that the more more times that we can end up bringing up mental health and eliminating the the stigma of it and talking openly about suicide prevention and then at the same time is to be able to talk about postvention what happens when like i talk about what happens when people come back and how do you end up working alongside with them being open there's two sides that we can end up dealing with that one is in our educational institutions Having speakers to come in that have been people like me to be able to share what happened, how they felt, and to be able to connect with the audience members and really tailor it to that environment. I've been in a couple of companies where that's actually occurred, where somebody that had been part of the team had taken their life. So how sometimes that could be a missed opportunity to use that 
utilize that as an opportunity to open up a larger discussion or, you know, train the staff into, you know, be able to sit with people, the, the emotional quotient, the EQ component of it. How do we deal with the emotional intelligence? It's not just the soft side of business. It's the people side of the business. It's not the dollars and cents. People would say that potentially, you know, like I said before, how does it affect my bottom line? Well, the bottom line is how we end up looking at who our most valuable resources are. And really that comes into the people within our organization. I agree. I agree completely. Are you feeling alone, lacking hope and unsure of the future? So many people are feeling the same way. How could you not after an unprecedented lockdown of the entire globe? The fallout has changed the normalcy we all knew. It's hard when you feel lost and even harder when you're scared to talk about it. We are here to help. At the Realize Foundation, we provide peer-to-peer -peer support through conversations, community, and personal stories. It is our mission to spread hope and let you know that you are not alone. If you are enjoying this podcast, I would love for you to become part of our membership community to get the peer-to-peer -peer support you need. Learn more at the call to action link for Scars to Stars membership. I look forward to seeing you in our community of kind souls. Brad is a wealth of knowledge in, in this arena. So anybody who wants to talk more about this, please reach out to him. Yes, please. Um, but I would like to ask you a sure. couple of questions about the book and our Absolutely. project that we're working on. So the first question is, if you can tell us just in a, in a, in a couple or two or three sentences about what is your chapter about? So people will know that and they'll look for, for, to read your chapter. I'd be happy to. Well, a couple of couple of sentences. I think I, I teed it up pretty well with what I just led into. It really is the story of, of my daughter's life and then through the stages of up to and including her death and how I got to the point of celebration and be able to celebrate her life and what it means to me and how it can affect and impact others. Yes. And it's so important to get your perspective because you know a lot a lot of the conversations we have in our organization is about preventing suicide but there's there's this whole other side when i first started doing research i joined some facebook groups and and some were people were, that were struggling with ideation and some groups were people that were struggling with loss and and so i've done a, a lot of research on both sides but i've not been in your shoes and so I'm really thankful that you were willing to share that story in one of our books, because I think people do need to see the other side. And, and myself as a suicide survivor, it, it also makes me think about things differently because I think when, when you're in that place where you just want the pain to stop, mm -hmm. you don't, you don't think about how it's going to affect everyone else in your life. Yeah. And it, it, we have to have both perspectives and we, we, you're right. We have to have these conversations so people will know how to support someone in either instance, because I think people shut down because they just don't want to say the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So the more we can have the conversations, the more people can feel equipped to be supportive and have the conversation. Right. And to your point about the system, 
you know, it was 1997. I woke up in the hospital after my attempt and they gave me a note of a doctor to make an appointment with and they let me walk out of the hospital. And, you know, the doctor that I saw, all he was interested in doing was giving me medication. Yeah. You didn't even recommend that I see a therapist. Like it was, when I look back on it now, I'm just like pretty appalled at how that was handled. Yeah. I think we're getting better, but we have a long way to go. Yeah, and I think that there is, you know, there's 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 two sides to for for that as well. You know, my my daughter experienced this, the same type of thing. She didn't admit to me that uh, she had attempted suicide, but later on with a a, ther- a psychologist, she did. She had, you know, been drinking. Had, you know, there was a number of other different things. The California High Patrol, really, she was in the custody of the state, but essentially, she was. You know, at the ICU couldn't do anything, but because of the amount of blood that they had to give her, they couldn't get a, a valid, you know, alcohol level. So what ended up happening was uh, it was failed. She could have been locked up, could have, you know, had observation. Second time she attempted, she went to an institution, ended up getting injured at the institution where it was not really clear how it occurred, but she had to get, you know, go to surgery for her neck. And, you know, obviously the third time she was just bound and determined. There was other pointers that was going towards that. But I think that, you know, like you said, it doesn't always happen. There, like I said, the there's therapists and there's really good ones that, that are out there. I'm kind of the mindset, not just because I am a coach. It's just because of the fact I think you need both. You need somebody that has a good therapist along with a coach at some point really to be able to get you past, you know, some of you talk about the trauma and keep reliving it, but giving you skills and to be able to understand the healing component of it. That's where I think from my perspective and what it did for me, as far that was the most healing, the letters of forgiveness, the release of the trauma that I ended up having didn't really occur until after I had started working with two really incredible life coaches. And that really helped transform my mindset and my heart set. So with that, I had my heart and mind back together as one, which is one of the reasons that I directed my energies more towards that. And I'm hoping that that more corporate clients would start embracing that same mindset because quite frankly, we can't afford to lose more people, especially when it's it, they're so vital to what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I feel like we could talk about this for a week. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, the other thing I want to ask you to share is about your experience, you know, whether it's being part of the project or writing the chapter, whatever you want to talk about. Sure. In your experience um, of being part of this book. Yeah, I, it, it's amazing to be able to talk about from scars to stars because my chapter was on scars of the heart. Obviously, you know, over time we have that open wound and it starts to close and there's still a portion that, that, that's tender for us. But my goal as a, as a writer and as an author is always to place the reader in the middle and not just as a, you know, they could be a casual observer, but you know, if if you're an observer into a an environment 
and you're placed right in the middle. It gives you a different perspective other than just looking at something from arm's length, you know. And I think that that's what's really crucial about about the stories that I would see from from this particular venture. When you have that level of intimacy within something, you can you can be overcome in some respects and put something down and say, "Hey, that didn't affect me. I I didn't change." Mine's always about leaving a lasting memory for someone to say, you know what, I'm taking something away from that that I can that I can use in my day-to-day life where it's, hey, that's something I didn't didn't realize before. And it was impactful. And that's really what the I believe what the goal is always going to be within these type of books. And I think that they need to be. Yeah, it's I think it's it's just the people that are willing to be so vulnerable and honest about things that they've been through and and our books have all kinds of stories from you know suicide to addiction to abuse mm-hmm. to all, all kinds of things and i think that my goal is that we meet people in those places and and let them know they're not alone hopefully before they even get to the stage of ideation and we can get them support and that's also what our our events are about we're going to have one in october Mm-hmm. Where we do some exercises together, we get in breakouts, we get to actually connect with people. And it's, it's really, it's really amazing what comes out of that. But I think you're right. I think, you know, for, for me, I was silent for 23 years about what I went through. I didn't tell anybody. I never even talked about it. Right. Until I lost a friend. And then I felt like I could have helped him. And that made me speak up. Yeah. And so, but all that time that I was, holding that information inside it it was very hard to even think about talking about it because of the stigma because of the thing you know people didn't want to talk about it and so I never had an opportunity where I met somebody that was willing to talk about this subject and so I just never did and I think that that's why I'm so passionate about the conversation piece and this you know, books, because if somebody is in that place and they're, they're not ready to talk, they could read a chapter yeah. and they could, they could also connect with that person and say, Hey, I went through something similar. Would you talk to me about this? Mm-hmm. And all of the people in the books are willing to do that. And so I think it's, it's that, that way to find help without having to speak up and ask if, if you will. Right. Right. And I think that's one of the reasons that I ended up doing that. Uh, I, the other book that I have that's out is a PDF book. It's called For My Heart to Yours, I'm Not My Mistakes, which really goes through a lot of similar types of things, you know, from, you know, attachment issues to first traumas to, you know, adolescent issues to divorce to, sui- you know, the suicide. And then really coming out of the other end, but also putting people in the place of asking, being able to ask questions of yourself or, and at the same time, I also put in actual uh, letters of forgiveness that I ended up putting in for myself, for the people that I, you know, that I had issues with and also had questions in there for people to participate with in order to go ahead and help themselves. Because like you said, sometimes people are not ready, but they can be ready by just preparing themselves. They can be ready. I, I think that's what's, what's been so fascinating to me the past couple of years with learning about more about the coaching world and all of these videos and digital courses and stuff that you can do on your own, almost like going to school for something, but it's 
something you can do privately and at your own pace and all of that. And that's, that's what's coming next for us. And the foundation is, is some courses. And one of them will be a scar course, which is like the first steps of healing and overcoming. And then the other one is going to be a star course. And that's going to be for people that are going to tell their story in one of our books. We're going to have it just structured a little differently than we've had it this time because we want to build that community. We want people to be meeting regularly as a group so they can build that support for themselves and help others. And so those are, those are coming in 2023. And in the meantime, we're, we're going to do another virtual event and hopefully do those more like either twice a year or quarterly or something like that. So, so people have that outlet as well. And then we have the private Facebook group that people can are in and can, you know, connect with other people there as well. But do you have any last words for our audience? I would just encourage people just to, um, when you're looking at these chapters, look at them with an open mind and an open heart and not from what you can necessarily get from it, but what you can learn from it to share with others. Thank you. And I, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody when we were saying that sometimes you'll read a chapter that you don't relate to, or maybe you don't have anything in common with that person, mm-hmm. but it also might prepare you for something in the future right? that you haven't experienced yet. So I've learned something from everybody that has written in both books and, and taken away lots of different you know, either it's coping mechanisms or mm-hmm. self-care ideas or whatever it is. So hopefully it, it is helpful. So for anybody watching, again, you can join us for the book launch on September 22nd. It'll be in the afternoon, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. And we'll have some fun. We'll learn about all the authors and we'll um, have some a couple breakout activities and um, last time we had the book launch event, the, the hardest thing I ever did was hit end because nobody wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it really is usually an international audience because it's virtual, which is fun. And um, you can register again at our, our website, realizefoundation.org, at the events tab. And we hope we can see you there. I'm so happy you joined us for this conversation. My wish is that you found comfort and hope in your own unique situation. If you resonated with our message, please head over to therealizedfoundation.org where you can apply to write your own story in one of our books. You can also download our 60 Ideas for Self-Care on the resources page. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, you are not alone, you are worthy, and you are enough.